episode 36. Five minutes free! They brought their fucking toys with them! Who are these guys? They're too dumb to play with themselves. They're too dumb to play with themselves. Nobody will ever forget where they were on March 11th, 1960. The day was announced at the Gila Flats Test Base, Arizona, that the Superman exists and he's American. The world's press looked on in awe as the U.S. Army demonstrated the incredible powers of a man who could take apart a 60-ton patent tank with a wave of his blue hand. His name, of course, is Dr. Manhattan. Little is known about the tragic accident that transformed a brilliant government scientist into the world's first and only super being. But one thing is certain, his powers are extraordinary. Teleportation, super strength, telekinesis, indestructibility. There seems to be no limit to what he is capable of. His ability to manipulate and synthesize matter at an atomic level has enabled incredible technological advances in the fields of renewable energy, national defense, and the space race. All have benefited from Dr. Manhattan's astonishing intellect and otherworldly abilities. And now, as a member of a recently formed group of masked adventurers, he has brought real superpower to a group of brave, ordinary men and women dedicated to fighting crime on our streets. Truly, Dr. Manhattan is a role model for young and old alike. Hey, uh, welcome back to Two True Freaks. We got a short little, uh, somewhat bloated, it was long for a five-minute freak, but short for a show. We're just going to do our sort of first impressions of the the Watchmen movie. We just saw it, we both saw it on opening day, or opening night, or, you know, the first day. And um, this isn't going to be really an in-depth analysis, because the movie just came out, you know. We've only seen it once, uh, so it's just sort of our general first, first impression, our first feelings of... Uh, what the movie is, and I think, uh, and I'm here with my co co freak. I should uh, mention that Scott Gardner. And, hey, and hey, and both of us sort of are of the same opinion of the comic as we both enjoyed it and liked it, and have, you know, recently I I I reading it for the first time, and he's just recently reread it, and you know, we both it wasn't a uh, life changing experience. Let's just put it this way: we were, this wasn't a movie that we were like eagerly, eagerly anticipating. You know, and waiting for as as the sort of uh, Lord of the Rings style, you know, uh, fan adoration of it and anticipation of a lot of people. So neither of us were really like super hyped for this, but uh, I don't know. Um, we both ended up liking it, right? You liked it. Oh yeah, I liked it very much, very much. Um... I, I kind of want to go uh, – I want to take the positive approach right out of the sure. gate and, and cover the things that I, that I thought you know really worked best for this. Um, right off the bat, and I, and I mean this in the most positive way. Uh, I, I hope people won't interpret this as some sort of dig at the comic. But one of the reasons I think this movie really, really worked for me is the same reason I, – I know that I'm in the minority by liking the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen movie, but I really did like that movie. And one of the reasons I liked that movie was I felt like 
it cut out the pretentious bullshit and really just gave you the 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 bare bones of the story. Now, while the Watchmen is not at you know the Watchmen movie is not at all bare bones, at the same rate, it it did very much cut the fat. Because as much as I like the comic, you know, the the interaction between the news vendor and the kid, you, you didn't really need that for the movie, and none of that's in the movie. Other than if you've read the the book then there's a little nod to you in the movie, you know, in, in a couple spots that, that have the characters there, but they don't really speak or do anything. Right. I, I liked that. I, th- I thought that there was a lot in rereading the Watchmen again, the, the 12 issues. I liked it better the second time I read it, but there's still an awful lot in there. I was like, Oh my God, it just, you know, come on, get past this, you know? So I liked that the movie, it, it got in and it got out and it told the same story without a lot of the, the the padding out i felt of of the original 12 issues and like i say i mean that in the nicest way it's you know i I, it's i felt like it was a nice balance between the essential story that needed to be told and the cuts that had to be made you know i didn't feel like anything that got cut hurt the movie or 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 disserviced the original story which is a that's a tightrope act right there you know um, well, also at 160 what, what you, minutes, you know, with with this movie, that's a long movie, and uh, and that's with the fat trimmed out of it, and it moves along. It's not, it doesn't get boring at all. It it, it by the mm-hmm. time it's over, it doesn't feel like you've been sitting in a movie theater for almost three hours, and that and and it's and that's also um, watching a story that I know the outcome to, you know, that I know how it, you know, I just read the comic, so I know the whole story. And it never got boring or seemed redundant. It was very, you know, it kept me interested whether, you know, period, you're going to be interested visually from this movie. But there was a lot of, there was a lot of good stuff in the script. A lot of it was straight from the comic. A lot of the dialogue was just right up off the comic page. Yeah. But um, the actors were, did a very good job and really became the roles. It was well cast and it it kept my attention and there were a few like directorial touches little artistic touches it really sort of shaded stuff it was it was i was very impressed for i i wasn't a fan of his last movie 300 and i was sort of wondering um if if there, we would see much of his personality as a director or rather just his sort of skill of visually replicating something which he did with 300 uh, but he visually replicated Watchmen, and he sort of and he replicated the feeling of it, pretty much. He kind of exaggerated the feel, you know, a lot of the violence is it's a lot more violent and uh, and edgy, or not edgy, but just uh, uh, rough edged, and uh, it's 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 a pretty hard hard R movie. It's got nudity, violence, it's got everything that you could earn an R rating for in it. So, um, yeah. Well, on, on that subject of um, the ending, um, by the way, spo- you know, spoiler alert in case you know we, we spoil something for someone who hasn't read the, the book or, or seen the film yet. You know, you've been warned right here. Um, this movie does have a different ending from the book. It's, it's pretty much, to, to my recollection, it was the only thing that was significantly changed from the original story. I, I yes. felt very much like watching when I watched, um, Oh, what was this? The recent Stephen King movie that, that the, they mist? Ruined. the mist. Yes. Thank you. 
I felt like the mist, you know, where it was like, wow, I felt like they were nailing it scene for scene, line for line, all the way through until they got to the end. And while I thought the mist was ruined by the changed ending, I, this I really liked because that's my one beef with uh, the Watchmen is the, the story, the comic book, the original comic book story. I hate the ending to that because the, the thing with the giant telepathic squid, I'm sorry for all you guys that love Watchmen and it's it's your religion and all, but that's fucking silly. <laughs> yeah. So I was really glad that they changed it because I – you know, it had been a long time since I read it, and for some reason in my mind, I always thought that the plot of that was that Adrian was 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 um, implementing, you know, that he was pulling the strings to uh, initiate World War Three. So for some reason, that's how I had remembered the story. So when I reread it, and it was the thing with the telepathic squid, I was like. Oh, this is not how I remembered this at all. I remembered the, the like the World War Three backdrop, but I right. had just gotten the, the details wrong. So I liked the movie. Actually, really ties in nicely to the way I remembered it the first time I read it years and years ago, where he he was the one he was the one pulling the strings, bringing about World War Three. I liked that, and I think that plot just works better. I don't know that I still buy that. You know his little thing with framing Doctor Manhattan and all that. Son, somehow all of a sudden, that pulls the world together, and you know now we're gonna you know all have a coke and sing in harmony. I, I don't quite buy that, only because now we live in a post nine eleven world where right. we saw the world unite and be nice to the United States for, for about, about five, five minutes, minutes. <laughs> and then they went back to all fucking hating us again. So I, you know this that part of the story. With all apologies to Alan Moore, it seems terribly naive to me. But, you know, this was written in, you know, 1985. So, you know, what do you want? But uh, I, I do like the new ending better. Uh, what, what did you think of it, Chris? Well, I liked it better. I, I think it makes a lot more sense story-wise, you know. And, 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 like, it ties up very nicely without being forced, which makes me really wonder why Alan Moore didn't think of it. And, and I can think of my con against the ending but it's a philosophical con I think it works in the movie better than having to take another half hour to explain what the hell the telepathic squid is and then cross your fingers that Joe filmmaker, film viewer who hasn't read the comic is gonna accept that and and not be like that it's really stupid (laughs) you know (laughs) but uh um, I think that my only problem with it and it wouldn't be if I was the filmmaker, I would have made the same decision and done it the same way. But my own, the only problem with the ending is it does sort of change the way that that happiness comes about on Earth. Because in with the giant squid, they thought it was you know he was the an alien attack. He was an alien that was trying to attack and that he didn't get it quite right and died. But in the meantime, his psychic waves had wiped out New York City, so all of humanity got together to fight an external foe, an alien invader. So, you know, all of a sudden humans became the united thing. That makes that makes some sense, you know. But in this one, it's more of like, instead of humanity coming, there, we're not, you know, humanity wasn't coming together to get Dr. Manhattan. They were coming together out of fear of Dr. Manhattan. It, it had this thing that was set up to where you know, um, Adrian Veidt made it 
seem like Dr. Manhattan blew up six of the major cities in the world, you know, as a, as a warning to you, I'm assuming as his warning to humanity, stop your aggression or I'm going to, or I'll wipe you out. And, uh, so that, that sort of makes Dr. Manhattan the, the heavy to mankind, but it Holy also shit. sort of makes I just, him godlike. I just realized it makes him clatu. Yeah. It makes him, I just realized right, that. <laughs> right. And it kind of makes him godlike. It's sort of like, it's sort of like the people who, who are good in their lives because they want to go to heaven. Not because they want to be nice to everybody, but because, you know, hey, if, I, if I'm if i not good in my life, I'm going to hell, you know? So that's what, so it's sort of, in the movie, humanity's sort of force, they're both are sort of a way of forcing humanity together. But this one, it's more like a grudging, you know, hey, we got to watch what we do or Dr. Manhattan will start blowing up cities again. So it's not quite as, uh, quite as nice of a, of a melding of humanity in the movie as it is, I guess, in the in the comics. It's more of a forced and uh, under duress. But that's just a minor... It's not really. It's a, it's a big philosophical difference, but uh, as far as a filmmaking experience goes, I'll take that over the giant squid any day. You know? <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> really, I think this movie is like the the first ultimate fanboy movie. This is a movie, this is a love letter to the fans of, of, even, even though it's got the scandalous ending, you know what? They sort of, the fanboys sort of need a little scandal to, to get all huffed up about. So, you know, so, but this, I mean, this movie is, you could not, you could just cannot ask for a closer cinematic adaption. You could, but it would be 12 hours long, nobody would want to watch it you know for for an almost three hour movie this is you know ripped right out of the pages of the comic and without now, now condescending let me, let me ask to it. you let me ask you though all right this is where we get into kind of the slippery slope territory when talking about this movie though whoa, whoa, at whoa, the whoa. same at, at the same rate that love letter, that that faithful sticking to the source material and trying to get every image on the screen type right. of thing. Was there ever moments that you you thought, ooh, that that comes off as comic booky? That comes off as kind of. I'll give you an example. The one cringe moment I had, and believe me, I liked this movie a lot. I'm not trying to to be down on it by any stretch, but there was one one moment in it that I literally did cringe and thought, okay, that's just goofy. Was the pullback right before John and and what's her name, Silk Spectre, come back to Earth when they did the the, the extreme pullback. And you saw the smiley face on Mars. Yes, I know. I know it's in the book, but it just came off as really silly. And that was my one moment where I was like, oh, "That that's just uh, they could have yeah. they really left that out because it, it I just." I agree. I agree. I forgot all about that, but yeah, you're right. And I thought it was silly in the book too because it was like, is that supposed to be Doctor Manhattan's? Did he do that, or is it just a coincidence that they're standing in a crater with two little craters and you know? whatever i think it's a 2001 moment i think it's it's one of those moments that's supposed to be left to to the viewer or the reader or whatever to to interpret it your way and the way i interpret it is it's it's showing the uh like intelligent design for lack of a of a better term 
You know what I mean? Like like one of those things where it was supposed to show that like like God or the universe or whatever has a has a sense of humor or a, or right. a, like a wink wink nod 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 or nudge nudge or whatever the hell. Yeah, nudge nudge <laughs> wink, wink. Say no That's more. It. Say no more. That's it. All right. On the on the well, my my last positive leads directly into probably my biggest nitpick because I don't I, I, I don't have pros and cons. I have pros and nitpicks, which is uh-huh. that's, that's that is pretty good. You, that you know me. That's unheard yeah. of for me. I usually have pros, cons and nitpicks and I have I really have no cons. I mean I didn't have any beef with the movie. I really enjoyed it. I I will go so far as I think I enjoyed this better than than reading the book, which is rare. I'm usually, especially for comic books, I'm usually a strictly source material kind of guy. Yeah. Um, but my my last pro, and this was my my biggest one. Um, I really like Tyler Bates's score. Um, I'm not terribly familiar with him, although I love his score to the remake of Dawn of the Dead from a couple years ago. Oh, okay. That's a, yeah, that's a great, great score. And I liked this Watchmen one. I'm hoping that the, the standalone album grows on me because so far, if you'll remember way back on our soundtrack show, I described the kind of soundtrack, the album that kind of drives me crazy where there's a score that's great in the movie but then you listen to it as a standalone album and it just it's boring or it doesn't seem right. to really do anything. So far listening to this as an album, it's not doing much for me, but I'm hoping maybe it'll just grow on me as I get to view the movie more in the future or something like that. Sometimes it, it takes a little more like association with with scenes and musical cues to get a little bit more out of the music sometimes. So I I'm hoping it'll grow on me over time, but uh during the course of watching the movie, it definitely worked. I really, really enjoyed yeah. his stuff, and I'm hoping to hear more uh, stuff from him in the future. However, that leads into my, my chief nitpick, which was what I'm going to call the Forrest Gumpization of this movie. And by that, I mean, if you saw Forrest Gump, and let's face it, who the hell didn't, Forrest Gump was really great on playing the soundtrack of our lives through the entire movie and, and really pulling on those emotional heartstrings when you would hear, you know, certain songs, you know, like California Dreamin' or, or whatever. It really worked very well with that movie. This movie, I felt, was really, really, really going for that same Forrest Gump effect with the rock and roll music that they used in it. And I, I got it. All right. First off, granted, that's not my kind of music. I mean, I, I like the, that 70s and 80s stuff and, and some of the older stuff. But it's still, when I go to see a movie, I really do want the orchestral movie. I really don't want a whole lot of rock tunes in the movie. So for this movie, the only part with you know rock and roll music that worked for me was I loved the... Uh, I'm not sure what the name of the song is called, but the Bob Dylan song that was over the opening. Times they are changing. Yes. Oh, I loved that. That was apt. And I really, really enjoyed it. Everything else, eh, I could have lived without it. I have a theory on that. I have a theory why they used all those really trite. They're all really trite songs that have been used in movies a lot. I think they Mm -hmm. were putting them in the other other alternate dimension context saying, Okay, here's the you know the same songs came out you know in this other dimension, but they put them in a little slightly different context. 
I think that's what they were trying to do, and I don't think it worked really 100%. They came off as being, you know... Yeah, as soon as I heard All Along the Watchtower, it's just like, oh, how many times can Jimi Hendrix All, All Along the Watchtower be used? It was like in the 90s, every movie had that, hey, now, you're a rock star, blah, 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 blah. Every, you know, movie would have that at the on the end credits, yep. and it was so annoying. Who let the dogs out? Who let the dogs out, yeah. And, and it, a lot of the, the songs on this are, are sort of in that same sort of trite, overused in movies you know how many previews have you seen with i feel good by you know james brown and it you know yeah. a, a, you know presaged by a a record needle going <laughs> but um i don't know i had just a few the of my little nitpicks were he likes to do too many th- um scenes of people running at each other and fighting like in 300 in slow motion but even those weren't to you know his slow motion i thought would get on my nerves didn't get on my nerves um um it, this movie's a little more extreme than the comics it's more violent it's more sexual you know it's it basically it's got more more bad words and what i i'd just like to end my my view on it with a with a story that you've heard before but uh, when i was in the theater when they first had the 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 um scene with the um Tijuana Bible and you see some panels in the Tijuana Bible which are you know definitely pornographic you know x-rated and I hear a, a female voice behind me go ugh, ugh, and I'm like oh somebody's offended so I keep listening and every time people are every time you know Dr. Manhattan's member makes a makes a little appearance or anytime any anybody's starting to make out or there's a or there's you know anything sexual going on I hear this person going ugh ugh and I nudged my friend who I went with and I said hey there's some girl behind us doesn't like sex too much she's uh and he's like what are you talking about I'm like listen every time something happens so after like third or fourth time after that he's starting to crack we're both starting to crack up we're like this poor guy on a date or you know whatever his her boyfriend is probably just like oh man (laughs) I never get any whatever so I can't wait to like turn around and look but I don't want to turn around and make them think I'm trying to shush them or anything because it's not really bothering me so I'm like I'll just wait till you know the lights come up and when I put on my jacket I can turn around and get a look to see who this uptight person is and turn around and it's a family it's probably got to be a 10 year old girl (laughs) and her like 8 year old brother sitting there and I'm like really these people brought their 10 year old kids to the to this movie Uh, maybe they didn't know what to expect but uh just just a bit of advice probably you don't want to bring your 10 year old kids to watchmen <laughs> yeah, well, i mean i i could see a couple rows ahead of where because the theater i saw it in it was the stadium seating where there's like two tiers so that there's like a, a walkway in between you know the the division of the tiers yeah if you know what i'm talking about and i could see at different points during the movie um people walk along that that walkway like going in or going out or wherever going to the concession stand or whatever and there were an awful awful lot of kids i mean young kids i mean i'm thinking six to eight years old and it you know it annoyed the shit out of me i mean you know just because you know people see the ads or the poster or whatever and it's got you know guys wearing masks and it's superheroes they're thinking it's Spider-Man or Batman, and you know they're they're dragging the kids to it. Well, the vi- and I, the violence what, what? and the sexuality are adult in this too. They're, you know, I mean, 
Like, if you were a six-year-old kid and, and were watching this movie, this movie could really do some serious Freudian damage oh, yeah. on you, you know? I There's... mean, that, the sex scene in that movie, you, 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 know, you don't exactly see tab A go into slot B, but short of that, you get you, everything else. You pretty much else, know what's so... going on, yeah. Yeah. So, it's, I it's, mean... It's not your standard... Yeah, it's not your standard um, put the gauze over the camera and, you know maybe not line up their hips perfectly. <laughs> no, this one, you know, has the rhythms, grunts, noises and and all the all the goings on of actual sex. So there you go. <laughs> if you're looking for that, it's a good thing. If you're looking to bring your kids, well, maybe it's not such a good thing. I mean, I'm not one to I'm not a big censorship or like hide things from your kids things for a movie but you know the violence and sex in this are not are not cartoony you know that you can't like write it off as just being in a you know the there's very realistic stuff in this movie so if you're gonna if you're gonna take your kid to the movie you just as your own responsibility you're just probably gonna have a lot of splaining to do <laughs> afterwards a lot of talking and there, you know there should be a lot of talking and explaining to go along with this that you know, frankly, most ten-year-old and under kids probably really don't want to or shouldn't talk. <laughs> I've explained to them <laughs> at that point too. You know, explaining explaining the complexity of how rape could turn into you know a woman almost getting raped could turn into her actually sleeping with the guy and having a kid with him and having fond memories of him would really be hey, it works. It worked for it worked for Scarlett O'Hara. So yeah, yeah right, right. But you know, I mean, uh, that that that's that's a complex thing for the adults in the movie to chew over. A, a little kid is not gonna really uh, uh, have much fun trying to work out the <laughs> logistics of that. But otherwise, <laughs> it's a very it's a very good movie. I I actually I I paid full price in a theater. It was well. I saw a digital projection. If you get a chance to see a digital projection of it, it's beautiful. Um, it's it's a total. It's a total theater experience movie. I highly recommend it as a, as and you know me, I'm Mr. Download. I, you know, I would highly recommend seeing this on a big screen first. And you can, pay, I paid full price and had no regrets. I almost, I dumped almost twenty bucks in my local movie theater, and, and uh, they can have it. God bless them. <laughs> well, on that note, um, that's pretty much all I got. And, I mean, yeah. a couple other minor nitpicky things, but we're we're over time, so it's yeah. not worth really going to. I don't want this to to turn into. I don't want to basically give give the listeners anything as ammo to come back at me and say, "Hey, it's a dark night all over again." Because it's not. I really enjoyed the movie. I highly recommend people go see it, um, support it. You know, go go see it in a theater. You know, support your local theater and, and all that jazz. You yeah. know, don't be a butt. Then and, download, and download it and you can watch it 50 times at home uh, after you've seen it yes. a couple times in the theater, you know. <laughs> That's not the message I was trying to send Oh, sorry. Alright, <laughs> <laughs> so Watchmen, we, we give it uh, two thumbs up. We yeah. thoroughly enjoy Alright, we'll be back soon enough with more nerd stuff. And hopefully more good movies coming out. I, God, I hope we do one of these for the Star Trek movie. Oh, you know we will. I mean, I hope we do a good one like this. <laughs> or a happy one. <laughs> a happy I one. Know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> 
visit our website at twotruefreaks.libsyn.com where you can download all of our episodes and find our forum to openly and freely discuss topics from this and all other episodes with us and your fellow listeners. twotruefreaks.libsyn.com is spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S dot Libsyn, which is L-I-B-S-Y-N dot com. You can email us directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. And thanks for listening to the Two True Freaks podcast. Two True Freaks has been brought to you today by Damanzo Corps of Milan, Italy, and by the letters F and U.